going on, everybody? Welcome to episode 200 of the DFS Dose Podcast, your fix of daily fantasy sports information, strategy, and analysis. I'm your host, Ben Hover, joined as I always am by Joey Carrion. And on today's show, we're going to be taking a look at the top available free agents at the quarterback position as free agency is only eight days away from opening on March 16th. Some of these guys are undoubtedly going to be on the move. We're also going to go over the running back position and wide receiver position in additional episodes this week. If you would like to support the show, you can follow us on Twitter at the DFS Dose, as well as any other podcast platform on the internet. We have a YouTube channel. We have a free Discord channel. You can connect with us in all of those ways. Joey, before we talk about the free agent quarterbacks, a pretty big news story dropped in the NFL uh, about an hour ago from when we started recording, and that is that Calvin Ridley has been suspended for the duration of the 2022 season at minimum for betting on an NFL game, including on his own team, the Atlanta Falcons. What a what a fucking savage, <laughs> honestly. Like We could talk about the suspensions of NFL players and how it's drastically different between each, you know, person and what they do. We've had a couple of, you know, big name players get suspended before for I think more serious offenses mm-hmm. than gambling, especially since he wasn't part of the team and you know some would argue like at that time he he wasn't in the NFL, right? A year I think that's a little harsh, but the NFL does have a strict like no gambling policy, right? Of course. So it makes sense. Just what is what is Stone Savage? I mean, what, what kind of bets do you think he was making? Was he, you know, being a sharp grinding out those props, or or was he a stone donkey putting in ten team parlays, hoping to try and uh, win his salary that you know he eventually lost back? Well, some of the uh, specifics on the bets have come out. Adam Schefter tweeted that he made a, a three leg parlay, he made a five leg parlay, and he made an eight leg parlay. I don't know if all three of them included the Falcons to win, but in this specific time, which was the end of November, the Falcons did win against Jacksonville that week. So he at least nailed one of the legs. We know that, (laughs) you know, is it plus EV to bet 1500 and then lose your 10, $11 million contract? I don't think that you're getting the best odds there, but yeah, I mean, Calvin Ridley's response is interesting, you know, probably should put down uh, the Twitter fingers here, but he said, I bet $1,500 total. I don't have a gambling problem. And I can tell you right now, a man with his net worth betting only $1,500, he certifiably does not have a gambling problem. I mean, I bet that. And and, I mean, very different tax (laughs) brackets to say the least. Yeah. I mean, obviously, he's not addicted to gambling and he was probably just bored at home just wanted a little bit of action on the NFL games and the reports have came out there was no contact made between him and players on the team so there was no rigging of games or point shaving or whatever you want to call it so I don't think that's a concern I just think the NFL doesn't want their players gambling on the sport he just deserves it for you know blatantly allowing himself to get caught to be honest I mean you're, you're an idiot in my opinion if you think players in professional sports leagues aren't gambling you know just some are dumb enough to get caught yeah he used his own mobile betting account in Florida where there's only one book and the I think it was the Hard Rock mobile sports betting app and they notified the NFL immediately right away hit their line it's like dude use your girlfriend's account use your use your mom your your dad your brother or something and then there is legitimately no way that they can prove that 
it was you placing the bets if it's under somebody else's name. Right. Th- think it through, Calvin. I mean, dude dude from The Bachelor, you know, he had 300 lineups with his wife and won a million DK like two years ago. Like, come on, yeah. bro. Like, there's legitimately no way that these companies can prove that, you know, you're colluding if you use somebody else's account. Because they could just say, oh, I like to bet. I like to gamble. Whatever. Come on, Calvin. Do better. I, I want to extend this formal offer. You know, Calvin is obviously going to have some time off. Obviously, he's into betting. If he wants to come on the podcast at any time, give some of his best bets, you know, I, I would love to have him on the uh, <laughs> on the podcast. Um, the, the one thing I will say, I do, just coming off of our conversation last week where we talked about mental health, I think one of the worst takes out there is that, you know, because he was doing this, he must have been lying about the mental health thing. Like, you know, oh, it was bullshit. He just wanted to, you know, go and gamble. Like, no, I, I don't think that that's, you know, I, I think that's terrible. And I think that it's honestly gives credence to him probably having mental health issues if he is doing something with such poor judgment. Obviously, you're going to get caught. Like, that doesn't speak to it. The way that he's tweeting about it speaks to somebody who is going through some something mentally right now. And obviously, if you're in that mental space, we talked a ton about it last week. You're probably not going to be able to perform at the level you need to to be elite at your craft, especially, you know, we're talking about DFS and betting. He's talking about being an elite NFL athlete. So I don't know. I, I just think that that's worth noting as well. And I, I'm here for the jokes, but on a serious <laughs> note. Yeah, the, the memes are hilarious. Absolutely. But, <clears throat> yeah, I don't I don't think there's, you know, any correlation of him taking a break and gambling and he wasn't actually dealing with something. I mean, he obviously was or else he wouldn't have stepped away from, you know, playing football, playing a sport that, you know, he's dedicated a large portion of his life to. So those takes are pretty bad. And I also want to say the takes of people saying Calvin Ridley will never play football again. Like, bruh, the man is playing football next year. Absolutely. Like, I, I don't get why people are saying that. Probably just for clicks and engagement. Like, Calvin Ridley will be on an NFL team in 2023, and he will be ready to go week one of the 2023 opener. Just unfortunate that he's missing this entire season due to some bad choices, but I, I really can't blame the man because we are gambling addicts um, That's fair to as say. well, so... That's extremely fair. I, I, I will certifiably admit I have much more of a gambling problem than Calvin Ridley. <laughs> All right, let's talk about some of the free agents. Like I mentioned at the top of the show, free agency will be starting on Wednesday, March 16th. Uh, legal tampering will be on Monday. So we'll actually probably have a lot of these, you know, landing spots ahead of time. But in the meantime, let's speculate, right? We got, you know, this quarterback mm-hmm. class. And I'm not going to lie, man, this one is pretty ugly. Like none of these guys are are really standing out to me. Some of the top names include Jameis Winston, Teddy Bridgewater, Marcus Mariota, Mitchell Trubisky. I mean, who stands out to you on this list? You know, can any of these guys reaffirm their status as starting NFL quarterbacks in the coming year? Yeah, I think Jameis Winston is definitely the most interesting free agent quarterback you know he does have you know first overall pedigree he wasn't bad for the Saints honestly especially with the skill position players that they trotted out for most of the year and you know Deontay Harris little Jordan Humphrey you know Adam Troutman Jawan Johnson like just to, just to name a few of the guys he was throwing the ball to and he wasn't bad so I think Winston will definitely get a chance to start somewhere and I think he's still is more than capable of being an above average NFL starter. I think the second popular option is Mitch Trubisky right now. And there's been a lot of Mitch Trubisky talk on the TL in the last couple of days. And I think that Mitch is not a great quarterback. 
I think that he was also plagued by terrible coaching in Matt Nagy. So, you know, both things can be true, I think. And I don't think he's an NFL starter, but I do think he will get a chance to start in the NFL. So what are your takes on Mitch? Where do you see him going? What's his most likely fit for the 2022 season in terms of teams? That's a good question. I I am having a little bit of trouble figuring out exactly where he would make sense. I guess, you know, two of the teams that stand out to me and that are in the top 10 in terms of salary cap available for this coming year would be the Commanders and the Steelers. I could see him going to either one of those teams. They have the money to do it. They have clear needs, obviously. You know, Washington's not going to be running out Taylor Heineke again. You know, the Steelers, as much as they want us to believe that Mason Rudolph is a legitimate contender to be their starting quarterback, that's just absolutely not going to happen. I think Mitch Trubisky would definitely, you know, offer something. And, you know, the Steelers have a solid coaching staff. Good weapons, Deontay, Chase Claypool, Pat Fryermuth, maybe Juju if he resigns, although I doubt that. I think Trubisky could definitely succeed there. I think that any of these quarterbacks could succeed with the Colts as well. They are another team with a lot of cap space and they seem to be like one of the better landing spots in my opinion. Yeah, we'll just obviously have to see what they do with Carson Wentz, right? He's still under contract for this year, so they would have to cut him, but in terms of reports, you know, it was reported that that could be a possibility of him getting cut. I don't know if he'll get traded though, so we'll obviously have to wait and see what the Colts decide to do with Carson Wentz, but he could be on the move. And I would agree that the Colts are definitely an attractive landing spot for any of these free agent quarterbacks, but I don't know if they want to roll with any of these guys because honestly, I think Carson Wentz is probably better than every single quarterback that's available in free agency besides maybe Jameis. Yeah, I think Jameis's ceiling is higher, but I think the sort of player he is may not mesh well. I mean, from a fantasy perspective, I would love to see Jameis with one of those previous teams mentioned, you know, imagine him, you know, chucking it deep to Terry McLaurin in Washington, that that would be fantasy fireworks. And and like you said, you know, Jameis has sort of scaled back the gunslinger mentality. I know that's in his range. Obviously, he's done it for many seasons with Tampa Bay. But last year, he was five and two with the Saints, 14 touchdowns, three interceptions. So he was a little bit more accurate, uh, more careful with the ball, despite having a lack of weapons in New Orleans, like you touched on. So I don't know, Winston to me definitely is the highest ceiling. He's definitely the most attractive from a fantasy perspective perspective and elevates the players around him wherever he goes would love to see him with you know Pittsburgh Washington don't know about the Colts because it would be such a run heavy scheme that the pass attempts would probably be scaled back but any of those spots would Mm -hmm. be good Denver as well although they seem all in on trying to get Aaron Rodgers yeah I think that obviously we talked about Rodgers and we both believe that his most likely team that he's going to play for in 2022 is the Packers. So with regards to that, I think the best spot for Jameis would be Denver. They have Jerry Judy. They have Cortland Sutton. They have Tim Patrick. They have Noah Fant, Albert O, Javante Williams. They probably will resign Melvin Gordon. You know, they have a solid offensive line, a good defense. Obviously, it's a tough division. You have Mahomes, Herbert, Derek Carr, three of the better teams in the AFC with the Chiefs, Chargers, Raiders, obviously. But God, just seeing Jameis with all of those weapons, that would be my preferred landing spot for Jameis Winston would be the Denver Broncos. He's an immediate upgrade over Teddy Bridgewater and Drew Locke, in my opinion. In terms of predictions, I think Jameis to the Broncos makes all of the sense in the world. I think Washington is a, is a close number two, but I do think Winston ends up with one of those two teams. That makes a lot of sense to me. Winston is the most exciting. Some of these other guys, man, like... Is it just me or I don't want to see Teddy Bridgewater start next year? I've I've seen enough. 
I'm good on that experience. Teddy two <laughs> gloves, no thank you. Yeah, I mean, Teddy Bridgewater had a solid year. You know, he threw for over 3,000 yards, 18 touchdowns, seven interceptions in 2021 for the Broncos. And I think that he's better than some of these other free agent quarterbacks for sure. It's just the ceiling with Teddy is so low. Like, you just know you're going to get an average game managing quarterback that really isn't going to move the needle in terms of wins and losses, and he's not going to elevate the players around him. So he's a fine quarterback for a team like, you know, the Lions, but they'll probably just roll with golf. You know, just a team that's in limbo, you know, that's a year or two away from contending, but he'll probably sign to be a backup with one of these teams that could use a backup. And, you know, if he if he has a starter game or two, you're you're fine rolling Teddy out for a game or two in the in the season if your starter goes down. Yeah, I mean I I could say the same thing about Mariota. Maybe there's a little bit more optimism with Mariota because we haven't seen him in a few years and he looked good when we did and he has a certain level of mobility to his game. Is there any interest in Mariota for you? I mean, to me, he stands out as a guy who I think could add competition for maybe, you know, a younger quarterback who struggled. You know, he could you know, be Zach Wilson's backup. And if, if Wilson continues to struggle, maybe play some games, uh, you know, for the Jets coming up who also have a lot of cap space. You know, he could do the same situation if, say, the Steelers do run with Mason Rudolph. He could be an alternative there, you know, with the Texans and Davis Mills. If that doesn't work out, Mariota could start games there. So, I mean, there's, there's spots mm-hmm. where, you know, Mariota, and I would put Trubisky in that same sort of bucket as well, I think could maybe not be clear-cut starters, but have paths to starting games in 2022. Yeah, I agree that there's definitely a nice path for Mariota to get a starting opportunity once again, especially with, you know, these five or six teams that really have a need at quarterback. You know, we talked about it with the Broncos, the Commanders, the Texans, potentially if they don't want to continue with Davis Mills. Uh, You mentioned the Colts, which, you know, they've been linked a little bit to Marcus Mariota potentially coming in and playing for the starting job there. So I don't really know what team Mariota would fit well in. And I also don't think he's a good quarterback, but he does have a trait and we talked about it that you can use and that could, you know, potentially win games. And, you know, that's his mobility. So if he goes to a team with a good coach, let's say the Steelers with Mike Tomlin, you know, he's going to utilize that skill set that Mariota can provide. And, you know, whether or not he's a good passer of the football is, I think, still a question. You know, we definitely know what he could do on the ground and on the legs. And that could, that can win games. Honestly, it can. It can. I mean, outside of these five guys that we've talked about, the rest of this class is truly horrific. You know, Ryan Fitzpatrick, Andy Dalton, like what year is this? I I mean, Mm -hmm. these guys should not be anything more than, you know, deep distant backups, right? Yeah, I agree. I think Dalton will probably sign, you know, a $2 million, $3 million contract somewhere to back up a quarterback. Same thing with Fitzpatrick. I, I don't see any of these guys being starting quarterbacks in the NFL. And in terms of other free agent quarterbacks, I think Tyrod Taylor is pretty interesting. You know, he he's the classic definition of a bridge quarterback. I could see, you know, maybe the Steelers, Commanders, Broncos, maybe reaching out to Tyrod, bring him in for a one-year deal. So he's kind of interesting. But I think the quarterback that isn't a free agent, that would be the second best option, and we know he's readily available, is Jimmy Garoppolo. Yeah. I don't know if this is a hot take. I think it is based on what I see on Twitter every day. But Jimmy Garoppolo is a better quarterback than Mitch Trubisky. Jimmy Garoppolo is a better quarterback than Marcus Mariota. I don't really care what anyone says. He is. I think he's the second best quarterback available in this offseason. 
So is, I, is that a hot take? People would I, rather honestly, have Trubisky. Honestly, I see people talk a lot about Trubisky and, and Marcus Mariota. Maybe it's because people are bored, but Jimmy Garoppolo is a better quarterback than both of those guys. Absolutely, and I, I mean, I think that you know, if Jimmy's on this list, which I mean, he might as well be because you know he's not playing with the 49ers. It's going to yeah, be Trey no. Lance season soon. He's going to be traded, not a free agent. But if he were on this list, I think that him and Winston would be sort of in a tier of their own, and then everybody else would be below that. You know, Jimmy G. The question I have with him, right, shifting it to a fantasy conversation, is was his inability to elevate multiple pass catchers on a week-to-week basis, you know, a function of the 49ers offense being so run-heavy in the play calling and the scheme there. You know, say he goes to the Steelers, is he going to be able to support Deontay and Claypool mm-hmm. and Fryermuth, or is he just limited in his own right and it is less so about the 49ers scheme? You know, can he have fantasy success in 2022 in a different scheme? I think he can. I think a large part of the 49ers and and how they played was obviously due to Kyle Shanahan's scheme and he just wants to keep the ball on the ground and you know control the game through his running backs and through Debo Samuel in 2021 on the ground um and it it makes sense because they they got the playmakers to do it they had the offensive line to do it and they could just beat opponents you know, with toughness and just being a more physical team. Uh, so I think if Jimmy Garoppolo goes to a team like the Steelers, he could definitely support Deontay and Claypool, Fryermuth, or at least one of them, at least. I mean, Big Ben did it. And I and I don't think Jimmy Garoppolo is worse than Big Ben. So I think the Steelers would be an interesting fit. I think the Commanders would be an interesting fit. I don't necessarily believe the Commanders want to settle for Jimmy Garoppolo. I think they want to try and pull off a blockbuster trade and get Rodgers or Russ or, you know, whomever, Deshaun Watson, one of those three guys. I think that's what they want to do because they know they have the pieces in place to make a Super Bowl run besides the quarterback. So we're going to have to see how that plays out. But yeah, I think the most likely fit for Jimmy is honestly the Steelers. No, that makes sense. I mean, whatever team takes on Jimmy G is going to have to take on his contract as well. I guess that's sort of the thing that's going to be a hindrance to some of these teams. But, you know, the the Colts, surprisingly, even though having Carson Wentz on the roster right now are top five in terms of available cap for this coming year. I think that would be a really interesting fit. I think Jimmy G could sort of do the same sort of stuff he did in San Francisco, you know, let the run game win and then make the throws that are needed when it's when it's called upon him. And I you know, I think that Jimmy G would be a pretty decent upgrade over Carson Wentz at, at this point in their respective careers. Yeah, I mean, I, th- I think they're pretty close in, in terms of, like, how much value are they going to bring to the team? I, I think they're close, right? I, like I said, before. I, I don't think that any of these quarterbacks available are going to move the needle in terms of wins and losses. These aren't, you know, player elevators. These aren't franchise elevators. These are bridge quarterbacks, get you through a season or two and potentially draft your future quarterback in this draft or the next one, especially 2023, where it's supposedly a loaded quarterback draft class. Honestly, I don't see the Colts going after Jimmy G. I mean, what, like, what are you going to trade for him? And then you would have to trade away Carson Wentz as well. So multiple deals would have to be made to make it happen, in my opinion, because you're not going to have a quarterback competition between Carson Wentz and, and Jimmy Garoppolo. So. I don't know, man. All I know is that you know whatever team Tyrod goes to, he's inevitably going to get hurt in the first few weeks of the season and give way to a rookie quarterback. That's literally been his journey for the past couple of years. You know, Did it for Baker, did it for <laughs> Herbert, 
you know, which rookie quarterback is he going to sacrifice himself for this year? That's the hmm. question. I think Tyrod would be an interesting fit in New Orleans if they don't want to run Taysom. Um, we haven't talked about the Saints. They do have a need at the quarterback position, you know, barring Taysom Hill being the guy, which we don't know as of right now. And I think the Saints are definitely in play to take a quarterback in this draft. Um, yeah. They need to find the successor to Drew Brees, obviously. Uh, Jameis Winston was supposed to be that guy, but he got hurt, and I don't think he's going to be back. The Saints still have some good skill position players in Kamara and Michael Thomas that should both be you know, healthy, ready to go for the 2022 season. They have a good offensive line. They have a good defense. So I think a, a situation like that for Tyrod, I think he could succeed if they want to go that route. Honestly, I, I, I think Jameis should go to either Denver or back to New Orleans. I, I think those are his two fits. But if they don't retain Jameis, I think Tyrod Taylor is a pretty solid option uh, for the Saints. Another team we haven't talked about at all is is Tampa Bay, you know, and they've got a burning need and what looks like, you know, an elite group of pass catchers once again, even if Gronk leaves, which seems pretty likely at this point, And, you know, Antonio Brown doesn't return, which is a given. They still have Mike Evans, and it seems like all signs are pointing towards Chris Godwin receiving the franchise tag. So, I mean, this should be a pretty desirable spot for an incoming quarterback as well. Yeah, I mean, the Bucks have a solid team. They do have a bunch of free agents. So, obviously, we're going to have to wait and see how they handle their free agents on their team because, you know, Chris Godwin's obviously a free agent, could get franchise tag. The deadline for that is like tomorrow, though. Yeah, right? that, that'll be so, out by the time this podcast is out. Yeah, that will come out. Um, Leonard Fournette is a free agent. I believe Ronald Jones is a free agent as yep. well. So they got some limbo at the running back position. They just lost Jensen to retirement, correct? Mm-hmm. They have some key defenders, also free agents. So the Bucks could go back to you know being the bottom of the barrel in terms of the NFC South. And I think there's a pretty good chance that a majority of them leave, especially with them being in quarterback limbo now. After Tom Brady retired, shout out my boy TB12. Mm. Great career. You don't yeah. say. I, yeah, I think Jimmy Garoppolo could be a, a solid fit. Um, just a, a game manager, make the throws. Bruce Arians could probably coach him up a little bit. Or maybe Jameis goes back. I mean. I don't know. I think him and Bruce left on some some shaky ground, if, if I recall correctly. <laughs> yeah, I mean, we obviously don't know the, the situation between Winston and Bruce Arians, but honestly, that would be his like best fit with hey. Mike Evans. He has a connection with those guys already, familiarity in the offense. Obviously, he's not going to win you a Super Bowl, but he can win you games and he can put up stats. He could. I would love to see that just for the story. That would be great. That would be absolutely great. Yeah, I, I think, I don't know, I, I think that's a, a pretty solid fit. Anything else you want to touch on here at quarterbacks? I mean, obviously some of the big name guys that aren't free agents that could be on the move include Aaron Rodgers, include Russell Wilson, include Kyler Murray, potentially Deshaun Watson, who's sort of in, you know, uh, limbo in his own right. You know, but we talked about this on the last podcast. If you guys want our thoughts on that, you can check out episode 199. I mean, our, our general perspective is that we don't expect those guys to really shift teams, although there, there seems to be a little bit of momentum building with this Russell Wilson stuff, but I guess we'll see how that situation develops. Yeah, I mean, obviously we already talked about it a little bit, and we would expect these guys to stay, but you never know in the NFL. Things can change overnight. You know, I think I did say that 
if I were those teams, I would trade those quarterbacks because the Packers and, and Seahawks are, you know, two teams. They're a year or two away from just being five win teams. I think rebuilds are necessary for those teams, but obviously it's hard to part with franchise quarterbacks especially with the lack of them in the NFL. It's going to be interesting to see what happens. Uh, I I mean, I want to see a blockbuster. I I want to see Russ go to to Washington with Terry and and Curtis Samuel, Antonio Gibson. Maybe they trade for a receiver, sign a receiver in free agency, and just go balls to the wall and and make a Super Bowl run. And that division, I think, is pretty wide open. Yeah, no, that that would be... That would be a sight to see. I would love to see that. You know, obviously Deshaun Watson could go and instantly transform any offense that he joins. We'll have to see how his legal situation plays out. And, you know, by the time this podcast comes out on Tuesday, you know, Devontae Adams may or may not have signed a franchise tag with the Packers. And I think that will heavily impact Aaron Rodgers' uh, status with, with the Packers. So. You know, a lot of things could change, you know, in between us recording this right now and (laughs) even, you know, 24 hours from now. That's the joy of free agency, isn't it? Yeah, that's absolutely true. And a lot of a lot of this stuff could could change overnight. Like I just said, a lot can change in one night in a a week. And the NFL, I I think we're going to see a lot of moves. So a lot of new faces and new places Mm. and a, a lot of a lot of different looking teams come 2022. So I'm excited for this free agency, you know, good episode. Talk about these quarterbacks, not the best free agent quarterback class, but a lot of these guys are, are going to be starters and going to have jobs in my opinion. So they absolutely will. And we will break down the landing spots as soon as those come into focus. Check that out on the slate for next week's episodes. That being said, we do have two more episodes previewing the free agency class that will be coming out this week. One dedicated to running backs, one dedicated to the pass catchers in wide receivers and tight ends. And that is going to be it for episode 200 of the DFS Dose podcast. Shout out to us. Make sure you guys follow us on Twitter at the DFS Dose as well as our personal Twitters. I'm at Ben Hover, Joey's at Joey Carrion. And if you guys want to connect with us and stay up to date with what's going on on the podcast, you can join the Discord for free. The link to do that is in the description to the show. To everybody listening out there, we appreciate you. We value you. Until next time, let's stay accountable and keep it authentic.